0: Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10am and 12pm. Hey Church! How are we doing? All three of you are good. That's great. So pleased. Oh, it's Mission Sunday! Oh, wow. Okay. Let's try that again. It's Mission Sunday! There you are. Good thing you've woken up. Oh, I am so excited that it it is Mission Sunday today, getting to talk about one of my favorite things, because I am passionate about the last, the least, and the lost. Coming home to Jesus and finding their home in this place, finding their home in the love of Christ. And I am so excited to be able to share with you today. But I also want to say... That just because it's Mission Sunday doesn't mean that that's like a little add-on. No, we are a missional church. We are a church who are about reaching those people that don't know Jesus yet. And today is just a day where we celebrate that, where we refocus ourselves and we go again. So I just want to say that. So my first ever car, right? It was a beast. It was a beautiful car. I absolutely loved it. Picture this, an orange Seicento. Yeah, I know. I know you're excited. It was the most beautiful first car you could ever have. It was, you know, you'd think for a first car, like a one litre, maybe even if you know, you're lucky, you might get a 1.2 litre. No, no, I had an 899. It wasn't even a one litre car, which meant if you went got to 50, you were just like, like you're just shaking. The whole car was shaking. And I loved this little car. It was a beautiful little thing. It was like a go kart on wheels or with a hairdryer engine. It was amazing. I loved it. And then over the years I've been very blessed and kind of upgraded my car and you know got a few new ones on the way. And then eventually I I was as I was thinking about this eventually I was like oh I got a new car a couple of years ago. No it was 10 years ago now. Anyway, I got this beautiful new car that I loved. And it was the SEAT Leon. It was a two-liter TDI, cruise control, sat-nav, like all the mods and cons, the beautiful stuff. It was the most incredible car you've ever seen. And it was so comfy and smooth, and you could just relax. And like, cruise control, technically you could put your feet out the window. wouldn't, like, recommend it. But it was just amazing, and I loved this car. It just made driving easy and comfy. And I just love being comfortable. I don't know about you guys, but that moment when you get in from work, you get home, you get on the sofa, you get that blanket, a couple of cats, in my case, a cup of tea, Netflix, oh, and it's like, it is like the best, most comfortable feeling in the world. It's like, you get that point, you've reached like the heights of your day. Like I would, I love it. I love being comfortable. But to judge, I want to talk to you today a little bit about what being comfortable looks like and how actually we need to become the masters of comfort, the masters of being comfort. Now, as much as I adore being comfy and don't get me wrong, having a nice comfortable car and chilling out on the sofa and all that sort of stuff is really, really nice. I have to remember that's not my goal. That's not my end purpose, it isn't just to be comfortable and just to kind of have it easy and to be able to relax consistently. Whereas actually, if you think about it, we, uh, we uh, are here on a Wednesday, is our office day. So myself and Lee and Josh and a few others, we all come in and we work together in the office on a Wednesday. Now, if I spend my whole day while I'm here on a Wednesday, just secretly thinking and going, I just need to get to the end of the day, I just need to get to my sofa, my cat's, you know if, if I, you know, if that's all I focus on for the whole day, I've completely lost the purpose. I've completely lost the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I lose sight of why I'm there. If I just focus on the comfort, I lose sight of what my purpose is. And actually, things wouldn't get done and we wouldn't push the church forward. We all know, I think, what it's like to be a slave of comfort a little bit, you know? Think about it, if we could just have that little extra thing, if I could just have a little bit extra money, I'd be comfortably well off. If I could just have this little extra here, I'd be comfortable. Comfort food, me time, ordering things online. It's all about comfort. How can I get comfort? How can I be comfortable? And I find it really interesting, that i like i know that i like to be comfortable but i also know that it takes my time and i lose my purpose but the kind of relief point was that when i looked at the bible i was like oh there's people in the bible that do this too okay i can kind of breathe a sigh of relief i'm not on my own here people it isn't just a a me thing and um i want to look at the rich young ruler for a minute in uh, in the book of mark and it says this in verses 17 onwards As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him. He fell on his knees before him, and he said, "'Good teacher,' he asked. "'What must I do to inherit eternal life?' "'Why do you call me good?' Jesus answered. "'No one is good except God alone. "'You know the commandments. "'You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, "'you shall not steal, shall not give false testimony, "'shall not defraud, honour your mother and father.' "'Teacher,' he declared. "'All these I've kept since I was a boy.' Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So this rich young ruler, it kind of says it in the title, rich, had spent so much of his time trying to get everything he thought he needed. He thought he needed the best of the best. He thought he needed all these different things to make him rich. But ultimately, when he came to Jesus, what does Jesus say? Sell it. Sell it. It's not about this stuff. Sell it and give to the poor and then come follow me. Sell it and give to the poor and then you'll inherit eternal life. This guy had lost track of what comfort looked like. This guy had lost track of what his purpose was. And I love that Jesus makes it quite clear and kind of puts him in his place a bit, right? He's like, "Mm, you've lost your way a bit. Forget all the stuff you've tried to get comfy with. All you need is me. All you need is to follow me for an internal life. All you need is me. Or if we look at King David, right? King David, superhero of the Bible, total king, warrior. Like his resume looks good, right? His resume (laughs) looks like, wow, okay, King David, that's one to watch. And uh, it says in 2 Samuel 11, it says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Hold on a minute, what? As in, David, who's like the king, they're like, woo, I lead all the armies, I am the ultimate warrior. He stayed in Jerusalem? So David, even though they'd won all these many, many wars and really kind of got a name for themselves, he was like, sit this one out, lads. I'm just going to chill at home. He decided that he'd pick comfort over purpose. And in this moment, if we know anything about David, he goes on to make some serious, questionable judgments surrounding Bathsheba. And if you want to know more about that story, come and talk to me afterwards. But I can promise you, he makes some decisions in his life that completely change His trajectory in that moment. But just because he thought this one time, I'm going to sit it out and I'm going to stick comfy, he loses complete sight of his purpose in that moment. Comfort is not the prize. Comfort is not our prize. It's not what we're set out to go after. Don't worry, I'm not saying comfort is completely bad, but comfort is not our goal. It's not our prize. And the thing about our King Jesus is Jesus knows the prize. He knows that purpose is the prize. Jesus knows purpose is the prize. And I want to read this little quote to you. It's not a quote from anyone. Well, it's it's kind of from me, I guess, but you know. It says, when comfort becomes your slave, so when comfort becomes your slave and not your master, it empowers you to pursue purpose. So when comfort is no longer your slave and you are the master of it, you, we, church, are empowered to pursue purpose. To pursue purpose. And I love that for us. Jesus knew that purpose is the prize. Purpose is the prize. He, Jesus shows us how to keep that comfort in check. How do we, you know, he models to us, how do we keep that in check and the first thing I want to look at is the transfiguration. Yes, it's a big word and slightly tricky, but we're going to break it down nice and easy. And it says this in Matthew: After six days, Jesus took uh, took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them; his face shone like the shun the shun the sun. There we go, and his clothes became as white as the as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has raised them from the dead. Oh, my days. What a moment in history. The audible voice of God. Imagine yourself just being there in that moment and hearing the audible voice of God. I mean, that would just be like, huh? Well, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> I'd freak out, let's be honest. And, and this is a moment where it, it just changes their lives. They're hearing the audible voice of God. There's Moses, there's Elijah, there's the transfiguration of, of, of Jesus, you know, beaming like the sun as bright white. I mean, it is an incredible moment, right? All my days, it's just like, oh, wow. But the thing that gets me here, right, church, and I love it because it makes me chuckle a little bit. Verse 9, they were coming down the mountain. Hmm? They were coming down the mountain. Hold on. So we've just had this like most life-changing, incredible moment, the audible voice of God, like which is just so rare. And it's this beautiful, beautiful moment that you think, just going to sit in that moment, rest in that presence, like drink it all in, take it all in. That's like a thing that never happens. But yet what does Jesus do in that very moment? He's like, no, we've got to go back down the mountain. He doesn't say, let's chill out here for a couple of weeks and just take it all in. He says, no, we've got to get back down the mountain. There's work to do. There's work to do. Oh my goodness, it's such an eye-opener. Like that, Jesus, our King Jesus is like, yeah, we could have this comfortable moment and just lap it all in, but he knows right then in this moment that there is more work to do, that there are people that have not, he's not yet touched, he's not yet met, he's not yet healed, he's not yet brought home to him. Like there's, he just knows in that moment. And it is incredible that in one of the most powerful moments in history, he still knows his purpose. He still knows that comfort is not the prize. It's all about us, church. The meeting in that moment was not the prize. What does it look like for us on a Sunday morning? Isn't it incredible? And I love it. Don't get me wrong. Meeting here like this, family together, community together, praising God, encountering Jesus, doing church is awesome. But the meeting is not the prize. This is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But if all we ever did was stick to this on a Sunday, then what does church actually look like? The church is not just about the four walls. We are about the people that don't know Jesus yet. We are about the people who are hurting. We're about the people that don't have enough. We're about the people that don't have a roof over their heads. That's our purpose. And Jesus knows that because he's literally in that moment, we've got to get down that mountain. We've got people to see. I mean, the reality of it is, and I hate to say it, the journey's not always convenient. <laughs> it's not always the most like easy thing to do. If we look at Jesus in, uh, as he's riding into Jerusalem, it says this, in Mark, it says, as they approached Jerusalem and came, oh, I can't even say that, to Beth <laughs> and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, or a donkey, if that translates, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're doing this, say the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. So, Jesus is about to make his entrance into Jerusalem, right? Jesus, who we know is the king of kings, like the ultimate savior, right? Now, if we know anything about kings in those days, they'd ride in on like a beast of a horse, like a full-on like, I am the king and I am here and look at me. But yet our Jesus rides in on a colt, on a donkey. Like not the most convenient rides. Was it comfy? Mm -mm. I, I don't think it was like the most comfy of rides, But there is a plan in this moment, because this is the moment that starts the week that changes history, right? Because it says in uh, Zechariah, it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey. Like fulfillment of prophecy. Like it isn't just an afterthought that he's riding on a donkey. But was it comfortable? No. (laughs) In a word, it wasn't comfy because he kept his comfort in check. In that moment, he's the king of kings. Of course, he could have ridden a horse. (laughs) He's Jesus. He could have just chosen a horse and gone with it. But he knows his purpose wasn't to be the, the big king that people saw kings as and riding on a horse. No. He knew that that purpose in that moment was to ride in on a donkey, right? Was it comfy? No. I think we build our lives around convenience, about trying to be comfortable, but comfort alone does not fulfill. Do I go shopping when I need comfort? Absolutely, and I'm sorry to my bank account and my husband, but does that fulfill? No, it doesn't fill that hole. You know what? Exercise is inconvenient. Do I wake up and think, let's skip to the gym? No. Do I have to put it into my diary? Yes. Good food, inconvenient. You want the yummy food, but it takes time. Serving the house on a Sunday, inconvenient. Early starts, doing jobs sometimes you don't wanna do, cleaning the loos, emptying the bins. But in that comes breakthrough. As you serve the house comes healing. It might seem inconvenient, it might seem not very comfy, but oh my goodness, is it going to change your life? Yeah. Comfort's not the prize. It's not always convenient. You know, when we look at this, we have to think that comfort's not just, it's not all about me, me, me. It's not all about just what I can get. Even Jesus, in the in the moments of his last days, and he says when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, um, take this cup from me. Take this cup. I don't want to do this bit. This is the hard bit. This is when he's really, really uncomfortable. And all he wants in that moment, really, is to be comfy and to not have to pay the ultimate sacrifice, right? I mean, imagine just in that moment, what would we have done if Jesus had chosen comfort? It's just crazy. But yet he chose the most... Uncomfortable moment that changes our lives, because he knew what his purpose was, and he didn't back down away from it, and he didn't sit in just his comfort. Jesus knew his purpose and prizes people. It's you and me. He knew there was more to do. You know, Jesus always said, "I'm about my Father's business." You know, he knew what he was up to. He even said to his disciples in Mark, it says, um, Whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant and whoever wants to uh, wants to be first must be slave of all for even the son of man did not come to be served but he gave his life as a ransom for many Jesus shows us so clearly what it's like to keep our comfort in check now don't get me wrong he also shows us how to do comfort did jesus Rest with his friends? Yes. Did he break bread with his friends? Yes. Did he hang out with his friends? Yes. Did he lose sight of his purpose in those moments? No. Rest is not bad. Comfy is not bad. But it is when we become a slave of it. Oh, friends, purpose is the prize. Purpose is the prize. So what does purpose look like for you? What does purpose look like for you today? What does it look like for you to step beyond just the comfy and step out into that purpose? You know, in Matthew 28, it says uh, this, which is one of my favorite verses as someone who is very passionate about mission. (laughs) it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given for you to go and tell all the nations. All authority in heaven and on earth. So that doesn't mean that just me, because I'm the missions pastor, I have the you know, it's not just me because I have it all together and I'm the missions pastor, so I can go. Or just Lee or just Lizandri. No, it's all of us have the authority from Jesus to go. There's nothing that disqualifies you from this bit. Everybody, everybody has a part to play. All of you can have a purpose, a God-given purpose, a God-given plan to make a difference, to make a change and to step out into what God has for you. All of us have the authority of God to go. So what does it look like? Well, church, I love that we're a missional church and that we're about people. And as an absolute minimum, the first step is to love your neighbor. But what does it look like to love your world? Like Jesus has already shown us it's about people, right? What about your friend, your family member, your neighbor, the person you see on the street that you walk past every day? What does it look like? because a flyer can change your life, a text can change your life, a WhatsApp, a phone call, an email, a pigeon, I don't care, it can change your life. Just that one step of an invitation can change your life. It can make, it can change your whole family. And I'm really super excited because coming September, we have got missional opportunities coming at you left, right and center. So this summer, we have got some incredible summer events happening after every Sunday in August, we're gonna be putting on an invitational. Now, some churches might say, August, are you nuts? Why would you do anything in August? That's when church shrinks away. Have they met Audacious? We are not about that. We are putting on invitationals. We've got some incredible stuff that's gonna be happening after services all the way through August. What does it look like to invite your mate, your school friend, your colleague, If the only thing that's stopping you is the fear of what they'll say, well, what is the fear of them going, actually, no, I don't want to come? How much does that actually affect you? It's not about you. It's about them. Also, coming September, we have got the chance to uh, do Love Your World Days. Across every campus, every location that exists in Audacious, in every month from September to December, everyone is doing a Love Your World Day. Think about the amount of mission that's about to happen. And we need you. We want you to get involved, church. This isn't like just to sit back and let everybody else do it. This is a hands-on, stepping into your purpose and away from comfort moment. So watch this space. They're going to happen and they're going to be good. Maybe you want to go into that next step of beyond loving your world and love the world. We're going to be putting on two missions to Sheffield and Cardiff, our brand new campuses that we are so excited about let's go and get out on the streets, let's help grow that church, let's help see the last, the least and the lost, find their home in Sheffield and in Cardiff. You can be a part of that. Romans 10, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How are people that don't know Jesus, ever going to realise the love of Christ if we don't do something about it, if we don't step out. It, it's not, a, its not, you know, like, the pe- you know, we could think, oh, a person left and right of me. Well, they're going to do it, so it's fine, so I don't need to. No, we need all of you, because we're all individual with our own gifts, our own unique stylings that Jesus is going to use. Or maybe you really, 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 really want to keep that comfort in check. Well, let's do it. Let's do Mission Abroad. We're going to Rwanda. I'm going to Rwanda. We're going to Athens in October. Sign up. Keep that comfort in check. Push forward. What's your purpose? What are you going to do? Or do you know what? Maybe you today have heard about compassion and you know I'm going to keep my comfort in check by sponsoring a compassion child today or maybe you want to learn what it looks like to keep your comfort in check, and you want to give over a whole entire year to do that, then come talk to us about Audacious College, because that is life-changing. Church, today is not a day just to sit back, but it's a day to push forward into the calling that God has on your individual life, because he has a plan and a purpose for all of you individually, and you can step into that. You can wash away and wipe off all the the thoughts in your mind that tell you you can't, and know that Jesus gives you power and authority to do so. Imagine a church that actually prioritised purpose and were true comfort masters. We rest well as a base to pursue our destiny of the Great Commission. That's us, church. What does that look like for you today? What are you going to sign up for? You're listening to the Audacious Church podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus.